As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, my friends. Wow, that was interesting and stressful. We could not get into the show in any way, shape, or form for, uh, I guess, eight minutes, but I am now in. So that is good. Brian, do we have you here with us, first and foremost? Uh, Yes, you do. Excellent. I have no idea what that was about, although I did just read a a note from the owner of Blog Talk Radio that recently they've been under denial of service attacks and uh, suffering all kinds of uh, ill effects as a result. He chose to see it as a sign that Blog Talk Radio has arrived. (laughs) <laughs> because now they're under attack. Well, Teresa Argy, the world-famous haunted housewife, as I was speaking to her earlier today, she vomited four times in one phone call. So that's what's wrong with her. She has a really bad stomach problem. I guess the whole family's had it. She said their whole school's had it, the kids and everything. It's just been crazy go nuts. So we we say, we hope you feel better, but hey, no need to join in as far as I'm concerned. We don't need a Ralph Fest right in the middle of America's Most Haunted. And incidentally, I am Eric Olson, and I am delighted to be here. All right, well, tonight, now that we're finally rolling, we're excited about it. We're talking about black-eyed kids. And, man, I've been seeing that term pop up everywhere. And, obviously, it's fun to illustrate. You know, all you got to do is use your little Photoshop or whatever you're Whatever your uh, editor is, photo editor, and put little black eyeballs on cute kids. I love the one with uh, Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. That, that was a good use of it. But it is no laughing matter to those who have been exposed in the real world to these very frightening little critters. And tonight we're talking with reporter Brian Bethel. From Abilene, Texas. I forgot there was an Abilene, Texas. I know there's an Abilene, Kansas, but people I often remember there's an Abilene, Texas. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> where is it exactly? Um, it's um, geographically, it's kind of 
part of the state. It's close, about 150 miles to anywhere of true note, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Texas is a big state, so if you're in the middle of it, that makes sense. So anyway, Brian's story, it really started this whole uh, this whole meme that has uh, seems to be kind of cyclical and has come back around again. And uh, Brian's encounter, I'm not going to give uh, too much away, but it was way back in uh, 1996. He just retold the story on the new show on Destination America called Monsters and Mysteries in America, which is actually quite a good show. And just to give a nice little little short, scary quote from Brian's tale of his encounter, both boys stared at me with coal black eyes, the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night television, soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless night. Wow, that's some good writing, Brian. Good thing you're a writer. That's why I'm excited about talking to you because, you know – we have this extremely bizarre and vivid encounter experience, and you are just the articulate guy to tell the tale. So, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. It's uh, never really done anything like this before, but um, already having fun. So let's uh, let's look looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, I just watched the uh, episode uh, on, as I said, Monsters and Mysteries in America, and uh, it's actually quite a good show. You know, there's a, a seemingly endless line of paranormal shows, and I'm always somewhat skeptical, or I suppose I have a higher bar for the recreation shows, but um, uh, I think they're doing actually a pretty good job, and your segment, uh, which was kind of interspersed, you talking here now in in uh, you know recently in real time being interviewed telling your story with the uh, recreation elements and then a friend of yours was on too I believe and, uh, yes uh, uh, my, my friend Chad Beavers um, who was the first person I called after this thing happened to me so well rather than uh, rather than start in the middle or in the end or somewhere else let's just go right to the beginning. Sure. And you do an exceptional job of it. Where, where I came across you in the first place was you wrote up uh, your experience for your for your paper, and as you told the as you as you wrote it, the um, writing the story up for the paper was part of the part of the deal for them letting you, I guess, uh, or giving you the go ahead to go on the show and, uh, and and tell your tale. So why don't you just just recount what happened? I mean, it's an amazing amazing thing. Uh, well, it's interesting. I, I uh, went by the uh, movie theater where this uh, kind of all went down today and snapped a few pictures. Um, it's it's actually closed right now. The owners are on vacation. But uh, uh, every time I go there or, or drive by there, which is frequently, I still get this sort of uh, chill that goes along with it. Um, I, yeah, it, it's sort of interesting. The Monsters and Mysteries folks really kind of wanted to paint this as some sort of uh, terminus of some sort of really ominous series of events or whatnot. But really, I mean, it was just a completely mundane errand, which I think is what makes it all the more kind of interesting and, to me, frightening, certainly, because I was going to pay um, a bill. Um, I, I moved to Abilene in 1995. I, to work for the newspaper, and uh, this was sort of the early days of 
dial-up Internet, and so I basically realized that I needed to pay my Internet bill, otherwise it would get cut off probably. And so I drove down to the movie theater um, because um, the uh, the Internet company actually had its um, offices in that same sort of shopping area, and I knew that I could use the uh, theater marquee to kind of help me write out my, my check. And then there was a drop box that I was going to uh, to put it in. And so um, it, it was fairly – it was already kind of dark. I think the sun was just sort of setting as, as all this happened, as I recall. And um, I was sitting there just filling out my check, and there was this knock at my – driver's side window and I looked out and there were two little boys out there um I've said I don't really know what their ages are I mean somewhere between nine and 13 it's, it was kind of hard to tell um one of them was sort of hanging in the back sort of this pale red-headed uh little guy with some freckles um the one in the front uh, was a little bit bolder acting, um, sort of this olive complex, complexion, um, curly head, and um, curly head of hair. And um, I just sort of, the first reaction I had is, okay, these kids are going to hit me up for money because, uh, I don't know, I, I couldn't come up with any other reason for a bunch of kids to approach me you know, after sunset, you know, outside of a movie theater. So anyway, in I, Abilene, I cracked, Texas. Well, sure. Uh, as I opposed cracked, to Tijuana, you know, well, Tijuana Easter. You want to try my sister? She's still a virgin. <laughs> no comment. Uh, uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I crack my window and I say, "Can I help you?" And um, the the kid in the back never spoke. That's important to understand throughout this whole narrative. And anyway, the the one in the front who I've in retellings of this kind of tended to call the spokesman because they, he sort of had that air about him. He was this really sort of smooth, really too suave for a kid kind of character. I, I mean, children tend to be kind of halting whenever they talk to strangers and whatnot. And this kid was, I mean, it felt like patter almost. Um, so anyway, he, he goes, Hey, Mr. Um, we we left our money home at our mom's house and we need uh we need a ride to go get it so we can uh, go watch the movie. Can you give us a ride? And you know, on the surface, this is just sort of a mundane happening. I mean, but there was something even at that point that unnerved me incredibly about the two of these kids. There was this fear response that just began almost immediately and I had no explanation for it, but it, it it began almost immediately when I began to talk to them and mounted throughout the experience. And so then anyway, I, I, I sort I, of – Let me interrupt. I, I, I just want to – I don't want to interrupt the flow, but I, I want to make sure that, that I really have the the scene set. Uh, I think in the, in the show, in, in the recreation, which of course you don't – have any direct control over what they do? I think it showed the kids with hoods. Did the did yeah. they have hoods? Um, 
they were wearing um they were wearing hoodies yes uh but they but they weren't over their heads as kind of okay. depicted in the uh in the show uh, that's right. one of those details but so um, you really could see them you i mean you could uh, yeah, see their I heads mean, uh, and their faces right i mean there was there was nothing obscuring their faces whatsoever so it wasn't like um, a monk kind of thing no, no. Um, and, that, and were that they would the have same? made me a little bit more suspicious, probably. If they <laughs> I would imagine her. these hooded figures uh, gliding <laughs> across the parking lot. And, and were they about the same size and age, or, or were, was um, it looked like that the one who was doing most of the speaking was probably a year or two older i would estimate um okay the, go ahead i won't interrupt further i'm sorry no 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 that's that's fine so anyway um they uh i i start talking with them and they 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 sort of start explaining what it is that they that they want and then there's this fear response and i don't understand it but it just keeps growing the more that i talk to them and the rational part of my brain says that this is irrational. There's no reason to be afraid of these two children. You may be annoyed by them. You may not want to help them with their errand or you know, or whatever, but there's no reason to be afraid of them. Um, so anyway, the more I start talking to them, the more odd it becomes because the, um, the spokesman then starts talking about, you know, we, he he starts to become really reassuring. Uh, now look, Mister. I mean, you know this this won't take long. Um, you know, it's it's her. The house is really close by. Won't take any time at all. Um, you know, we're and then he starts saying things that just are really unnerving to me. Like, you know, we're just a couple of little kids. Um, <laughs> we we don't have a gun or anything, which uh, which is one thing that really, yeah, that 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 really hits. In my mind, we don't still, have any bombs. We're going to put at the end of the race. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so and 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 the whole gun thing was really very strange because there was this really subtly menacing undertone uh-huh. to that. I mean, it was it was just like you know, you know, we we don't need a gun. <laughs> um, right. Implied threat. Bra- yeah, there was this brashness about it, and. um I'm sitting there just trying to understand why I am absolutely terrified of these two kids. And um at some po- at one point in the conversation I noticed that my that my hand is sort of strayed toward the uh the uh, you know the, the the lock where you would open the door. Yeah. I mean and and the lock and I'm just sort of I don't remember doing that, so I moved my hand away. All this long and the short of it. Um Whenever I – it took looking away from them and then looking back to figure out why I was so terrified. Uh, I, I looked up at the theater marquee and looked – I asked them which, which show they were they were planning to see, and they said Mortal Kombat, which kind of puts this in time in several unfortunate ways. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so – so you look up at the I look up at the theater marquee and the last show of Mortal Kombat has started already. And by the time I take these kids anywhere, even in a town the size of Abilene, which is fairly small, by the time we get back the show is going to be practically over. There's there's going to be no reason for them to even go into the movie theater to try to watch this. They may catch the last twenty odd minutes of it and some credits and that's it. Um 
So I I start to point this out and I look back at them and that's when I realize that these kids have black eyes for uh, I mean and you know no discernible iris or I, I mean it's all black it's this huge deep black void staring back at me uh, from from their eye sockets and I am just absolutely terrified at this point. I mean, I was scared to begin with. I didn't have anything dependent on. But then I look at, but then I look over and I see this. And uh, your brain does multiple things at that point. I mean, it tries to say, how do you, how is this happening? Why didn't you notice this? Uh, I mean, it's it's multiple thoughts happening at the same time, but just culminating in this absolutely horrific experience of just utter complete fear uh and at this point the fight or flight syndrome just kicks in completely and i want to get away from these kids and so i tell them look i don't think that i can help you i'm sorry uh i just realized i have to be somewhere i don't even remember exactly what i said to them it was just this battle, my dog sure. ate my homework Exactly. I mean, any excuse to get away. And I start to, to, to sort of roll up the window, and that's when the spokesman starts just absolutely slamming his hands against the glass. Mm. And uh, I remember kind of um, glancing back at the one in the, in, in the, in the background, um, the other kid, and even with the, the solid black eyes, there's still this expression on his face. How is this happening? Um, there, there was a look of genuine confusion on his face that that this is not supposed to be happening. Um, and as the kid starts slamming, the other kid starts slamming on the uh, glass, I start to put the car in reverse and whatnot, and I will remember this for the rest of my life. The kid starts just absolutely screaming at me and says, Mr., we can't come in your car unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Mm. Man, oh man, oh man. I mean, it really does read like a, you know, like a really well-written horror story. Go ahead. And at that point... I I I am in more panic than I probably have been in my entire life. This is this is, I've had strange things happen before. Uh, you know, I worked for a um, at my college newspaper. The, the paper, the offices there were supposed to be haunted and all this sort of thing. And I had weird stuff happen. But this is an overt, in-your-face manifestation of something. I mean, at the time, you you can't even begin to define what, but you just know that this is some sort of thing completely outside of your realm of normal experience. And now things appear to be turning violent and angry. Um, So I I slam uh, my car into reverse, get out of the parking lot as quickly as I can. I have no idea how I didn't sideswipe 10 cars on the way out because I was not paying attention to anything other than just getting onto the main road. I take a look back in my rearview mirror to, to, to see if they're chasing after me or whatever, and they're gone. And 
where they were in the parking lot, there's absolutely no way they could have run anywhere that quickly where I wouldn't have been able to at least see them standing there. They're just absolutely gone. And that's and and at that point, I just I I, I floored it home. I pulled into uh, my apartment's parking lot. I remember I didn't bother to lock the door. I literally ran from my car to my apartment, fumbled with my keys, opened the door, slammed the door, locked it, and just collapsed for a little while because there seemed nothing else to do. Um, And then when I finally got my wits about me, I called my friend Chad, who was uh, featured on the on the show, and um, that basically told him what I had seen. And um, just because I felt like I had to talk to someone about it, and I knew that he would listen to me and and not judge the experience, he would just listen and and be a friend. Hmm. Ooh. So. Well, it's stunning. And and I can tell now, you know, even now when you tell it, that you know, you can kind of feel your your I can feel your pulse picking up and your the the level of of tension. And it's it. I mean, it just had to be like you said. It, it's it's like it's the injection of something so alien, and I do not mean necessarily alien in the sense of UFOs, but something sure. so, you know, out of our normal realm, out of from out of our plane even, I suppose. Uh and and yet it was so intimate. I mean, here think how close you were, you know, when they're hitting on your window, I mean, you were literally inches away. And exactly. I, it's just, you know, it's it's staggering. Have you had any experiences that you would deem paranormal since then um nothing i i mean uh i've been on a few odd quote-unquote ghost hunts of the typical variety that's sort of popular now with uh with sure. uh friends and with um uh, you know, for the newspaper and whatnot and um this is by far the uh, the apex of my <laughs> right. paranormal experience. It's, um, I, I mean, yeah, you know, you may feel the occasional cold breeze in the allegedly haunted jail or whatever, but I mean, um, that that stuff just sort of seems to pale when it's literally sure. knocking well, on your car window. <laughs> so. Exactly. So the big question is, I, and and um, I, I mean, I'm also interested in this. Because it's it's fascinating from a sort of a, a media sociological standpoint or cultural standpoint too. Um, why don't we tell? Why don't you just tell real quick, um, kind of how this got distributed and it really became. When I started looking you up, I mean, you were everywhere. You know, you are the foundation story uh, of of black eyed kids. I mean, even even to the point of them then being. <laughs> You know the acronym, the BEKs. Uh, right. What is, what is this story about? What are BEKs? When I read your story, because that that was really my first exposure. And then you know, at, once I got into the story, I thought, ah, oh, yes, yes, I, I I've seen that 
phrase, black eyed kids, from time to time. Um, hadn't really ever paid that much attention to it, you know, until now. But anyway, so uh, what happened in, in terms of how how your story uh, came to permeate the internet right. in those in those early days of right nineteen ninety six. Yes. Um, so, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, back then, it was quite common for people to communicate on email lists. I mean, it's still a fairly common um, way sure. of communication. But um, so I, I had joined um, uh, my my friend um, Lisa, who runs uh, um, a website devoted to ghosts and whatnot. Uh, that's that's still. It's ghosts.org. It's still fairly prominent out there. Um, had this mailing list, and so I got on there, and um, you know, people traded various stories and whatnot. And you know, I'm a writer, and uh, so I I tend to sometimes uh, even work through things just personally uh, by writing about. Them. Oh, exactly. I mean, I'm sure that's what it was. I mean, it helped. It helps to kind of set it down, it makes it real, and it gets it organized in your own brain when you have something so otherworldly and odd. I mean, I, I can't imagine you not writing it, I guess is what I'm saying, you being sure. a writer. Sure, and so um, uh, we were in, uh, I started writing it, uh, I was in Austin for a computer-assisted reporting conference, um, and at that time, basically, there were just uh, uh, there were very few resources available to reporters, and uh, so essentially, we had a person up there telling us that the internet could possibly be important to the way news is disseminated someday. And uh, how novel that, that was! Yeah, that that seemed to be a, a logical thing to me, and I, I felt like I wasn't really learning all that much. So I um, I figured out that I could access my remote email through 
their computers there, and I, I thought, well, you know, I've been meaning to write this up for some time, and so that I started writing it there, finished it after I got home, and then posted it to the uh, to the email list, and um, it, it sort of stayed kind of private on there for a little bit, but then it got posted to um, there was another common message uh, board type that. I, in the past, essentially called Usenet. It's it's not really used anymore. But um, oh yeah, uh, there, there, there was a there was a group called Alt Folklore Ghost Stories, and yeah. uh, it right. got posted onto there, and that's when it really just sort of exploded outward. And I started getting email after email after email from people asking me what. What these things were, what I what I thought about the experience, had I ever seen them again, et cetera, et cetera, and then from there, um, as the the web especially uh, began to proliferate, and it, it became easy to sort of share information with with different sites and whatnot, it, it sort of just pe- got passed around basically, and uh, even to it's this, it's a classic uh, early viral. It's a early yeah. viral. I mean, it's it's absolutely the a classic kind of archetypal tale. Is Jason with us? Yes, I am. Are you cracking nuts on your phone? Uh, no, but if you'd like for me to, I could. Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, I, it just sounded squirrel-like activities after I I brought you in. I didn't want you leaving, and uh, we have. Is it? Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Offit. Offit, just like it looks. Okay. So we yes. have Jason Offit with us, and we asked him to join us as well, actually at Brian's suggestion. And he has done quite a lot of research into Black Eyed Kids and written extensively about them himself. And uh, he's found lots of interesting stories that I was able to find. And just briefly, Jason is an author, quite quite prolific, Paranormal Missouri, What Lurks Beyond, Darkness Walks, Shadow People Among Us. That was all one book. Haunted Missouri, On Being Dad, Stretching His Wings and His Legs into Other Territory. The Upcoming, Through a Corn-Swept Land, and a zombie novel, The Dead Earth. You can find Jason on fromtheshadows.blogspot.com and Mysterious Universe, where I saw several very interesting, very well-written stories of the paranormal, and in particular, Black Eyed Kids. Welcome, Jason. Thank you very much for having me on the show. My pleasure. And, of course, we have Brian with us, whom whom you know. Yes, Brian. Thanks uh, Thanks for the plug, man. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I think this is actually the first time uh, we've heard each other's voices, respectively. So, hello. <laughs> right. Yeah, we we contact we we've corresponded via email, but yeah, this is the first first voice communication. Well, as I'm sure you've heard, um, Brian has kind of just wrapped up telling his amazing story, which I still find. You know, I, I really can just. I'm, I'm, put myself in that situation. I picture myself sitting there. I could see myself doing every single one of those things, including going and paying an Internet bill in 1996, and uh, although not in Abilene, Texas. But nonetheless, uh, I, can, I can picture every, every bit of it. I have my own story, and you know what? I think part of the reason 
this is resonating so much with me. I hadn't really I was think going kind of going over my story in my head. Mine's even farther back, much farther back than yours. Uh and that my experience may have involved some kind of weird eyes. I'm not going to get into it right now. I'll be happy to say it in a little bit, but I don't want to uh, kind of get us off track. But I'm 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 thinking part of why this really struck me as deeply as it did is that it may I may feel a a kinship uh in terms of the relationship. Now, so Jason, have you had an experience uh of this kind with black eyed kids or or are you more on the research side? I am more on the research side. I just uh I'm 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 fascinated. I I read uh the first I read of this was of course Brian's <laughs> Brian's account on online and uh that absolutely fascinated me by the by the sheer creepiness of it and trying to 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 analyze why it scares people so much, why this fascinates people so much. Uh I I think the fact that they're they're kids uh, mainly, mainly has a lot to do with it. Well, a absolutely right because our our perception, especially in in the modern age, you know, it used to be it's not that long ago that children did not have the benign sort of natural innocent reputation that they have these days. It's really not that long ago that there were all kinds of odd, what we would view as odd superstitions and whatnot about children and uh but nonetheless you know we have this view uh, I, i've read various places kind of the modern view of children is somewhere maybe in the early 1800s it started to kind of come together uh the, the modern version of childhood anyway that's another thing there really wasn't this perception of childhood as a thing as a specific period of life that entailed specific uh, attributes and and was supposed to unfold kind of slowly uh you know it was you, you grow up as quickly as possible we get you up and functioning and working and and being productive as quickly as possible um you know for for most of the history of or much of the history of mankind so i i agree with you entirely that part of it is this extremely counterintuitive vision of children. And, of course, that's why films like The Omen or Children of the Corn, <clears throat> Orphan, more recently, why, why, part of why they're so creepy. But I think the other half of, half of the story is the eyes element because we do ascribe so much importance and such deep meaning to eyes. And whether we literally believe it or not, the cliché, you know, is on the tip of probably every English-speaking tongue that, that the eyes are the window to the soul. And if there's no window there, what does that mean? So that's my perception of, of why well, it's just so disturbing. Right, and, and and the eyes are the big question. I mean, the the children part is, who doesn't want to help a kid who who want who who wants help? I mean, if they're in their their mid to late teens, that that's something different. Uh, right. Uh, I've interviewed a, a number of people who've encountered children uh, as young as seven 
you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I mean, who doesn't want to help a kid like that in trouble? I, I interviewed a woman who had a, uh, you know, a kid about eight years old, little girl, uh, blonde hair, uh, greasy blonde hair, dressed in an old-fashioned dress, come to her door and, and knock on her door, and and, uh, and and the woman opened the door, and, and the little girl was saying, somebody's chasing me. Please let me in so you can please call the police. Who doesn't want to help that kid? Right. Uh, and then the woman saw the eyes, the eyes, you know, of, of a rat or a shark, something. You know, she's completely black, and it, it, of course, scared the hell out of her. But the initial reaction, which is, I mean, whatever these things are, is is to lull somebody into a sense of of, of security and, and, and of pity by, by, you know, appearing as a kid. Brian, I wanted to ask you I, at the time, when you, but I didn't want to interrupt again when you were talking – do you think, uh, or, or or do you remember, or do you have a sense, were the eyes the same the whole time, or did they literally change in that moment when you turned away? You know, I, I've tried to work that out. Um, and um, I, all I can say is I didn't perceive anything out of the ordinary with them physically until I turned away. Um, whether or not um, it was there and part of the fear was my mind trying to tell me to pay attention um, or whether or not they, they literally changed in that moment, I've, that's something that I've kind of tried to struggle with and I've kicked around honestly because I, I think I would have noticed the black eyes initially if if they had appeared to me that way, but but then again, I, I don't know. You just the the brain also is adept at filling in details, um, and so there's there's always that question whether how they actually appeared in that in those first initial moments. And uh, um, I, I'm willing to believe that my brain was perhaps filling in details uh, that it expected to be there. And perhaps when I broke their gaze and turned away, it was sort of like hitting the reset button in a way in terms of my perception. And, uh, and I saw things as they, as they quote unquote really were. Uh, I really, well, that cognitive or, or perceptual dissonance could have been the source of your, your agitation from the beginning. I mean, you knew something was wrong, uh, from the very beginning, and, and it could be, it could have been tied to that that you, you know, subconsciously were certainly aware that things were, that the details were were really abnormal, uh, but you, you know, ha- just hadn't kind of zeroed in on it. Jason, with all the research you've done, um, the, as far as I could tell, there seems to be kind of this archetypal story. Would you tell that? Would you give us kind of the fundamental recurring keys? Yeah, absolutely. And this this is almost across the board exactly what happens in, in every case. Uh, it's pretty much just <laughs> exactly as Brian laid out. I was listening earlier. Is uh, someone is alone. Uh, 99% of the time it's from somebody being alone. Um, they're approached by children. Uh, anywhere from seven years old till to uh, to, to mid to late teens, uh, the, the the kids who approach them uh, want something. Uh, they they well, at first they approach the person in in a place in a private place. 
either in somebody's house, their car, um, or on a street, a, a street at a, at a time where there's not uh, not any traffic and late at night, and they ask for something. Uh, would you give me a ride? Would you loan me some money? Would you let me inside to get a drink of water? Uh, would you let me use your phone, please? I really need to call my mom and dad. Uh, would you take me somewhere? And the person initially feels like they need to help, whether that be because they're kids and they just need to help kids or if there's some sort of hypnosis going, because it seems in a lot of these cases that the person who encounters these black-eyed kids feels like they need to help them. And it's not its not a, you know, not a normal, normal feeling. It's like they're compelled to help them. And then they look and they see the eyes eyes of these kids and they're you know completely black uh no no whites no irises it's just just dark void shark like and uh and then they realize you know, holy crap <laughs> you know I'm, I'm dealing with with something that that's probably not human and and then they panic uh of course they they have to um that's generally that's generally what what happens a number of other things that are fairly typical for encounters is that the, the black-eyed kids are, um, they, they seem older, uh, a lot more mature. They, they speak in, a, in an adult tone. Um, they're arrogant, um, commanding. Uh, they get more arrogant and commanding if a person uh, refuses their request. Uh, they, they tend to dress in, in older clothes, uh, you know, a little bit out of date. I interviewed somebody from Pennsylvania recently within the last four months, uh, who, who encountered black-eyed kids in a parking garage, and they were dressed in brand-new clothing that this guy remembered uh, was popular in the 80s. But And it's not around anymore, but it was brand-new on the on these kids. Uh, they also uh, tend to have uh, bad breath and uh, uh, generally you know, greasy hair and are fairly unkempt. That's generally generally the, uh, you know, the, the stereotype. So how many stories, say, between the two of you, how, how many accounts that you, you know, more or less uh, find genuine enough, you know, or, or don't have any particular reason to, to not find genuine, how many en- encounters have, have you guys come across of this kind? Well, I have, have oh, I've, I've gotten at least two, three hundred encounters from people uh, not just across the United States, but uh, but Canada, Australia, uh, uh, one from Dubai, which was pretty interesting. Um, so I, that's quite a few, and 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 one from an, uh, an American in England, which was which was pretty interesting. But uh, they seem to be the same about everywhere. But but that's about as many as I've gotten. And and is this something that has been going on. All along, or or did did Brian, you know, like was he, was he the little boy with his finger in the dike? I mean, did this did did, did you let forth this flood, this plague <laughs> upon the earth, Brian? It, it, it's not my fault. No. Um, anyway, um, I have personally um, heard a few stories. Um, and we're starting to hear more and more of these, I believe, that precede mine. Um, uh, J- Jason's probably the expert on this, but, I mean, it's just um, – I've heard a couple um, from the 80s, I believe, and 
uh, I, I think maybe this was in was it this in your paper uh, the, something about um, someone's grandmother experiencing them or, or something like that. It was yeah, the uh, a grandma from Texas. Yes. Yeah, uh, that yeah. one really intrigued me for many obvious reasons. So, so the obvious question, which we have avoided thus far, hmm. what are these things? I mean, what are even the options of what they might be? Are are we pretty sure some of the, some of the, or many I should say of your specifics sound? Corporeal. I mean, they sound physically real. They don't sound like they're phantoms. And yet, on the other hand, in Brian's case, uh, they just vanished. Is is that a common part of the, the tale, that they just kind of disappear when they're denied? In a lot of cases, absolutely. Uh, that's generally it, when they're spurned and know they can't get in, or maybe um, someone else is coming. And there have been a lot of uh, a, a lot of cases where uh, uh, a woman or, or, or a man have been home alone and, and they've encountered this and they've called their husband or wife at work and they're like, holy crap, look at what's going on. I, I got this going on here. I need help. And uh, and they're like, oh, you know, their spouse is, I'm going to be home you know, in a few minutes. They tend, tend to disappear or calling the police or, or, or something. When when another party tends to be involved, they they, they kind of vanish. I uh mentioned the um the the man in Pennsylvania who was uh uh who encountered the the black eyed kids in, in, in the parking garage as he was leaving he, he the kids were begging to be let in because it was cold. It was in the middle of winter in in, in, in Pennsylvania and it was cold and he and he just he tore out of there. He didn't want anything to do with those kids and he ran into a stoplight and it was like one o'clock in the morning and then he looked and those two children were standing on the street corner and started to walk across the street toward him and he tore out again and the same thing happened at the next at the next street corner. Oh my lord. And okay and as they started me. <laughs> yeah, and as he got to the third one, um no, they weren't there, but still they 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 stopped stopped following him. But That's uh, taking I the mean, nightmare one step further. Oh my yeah. god. But right, so there have my, been cases of them just disappearing, yes. My my uh, my daughter is sitting here listening because she read your story, your recent I got a recent, question first. How old is she? She's 13. I'm judging you as a parent right now. Okay. She's 13. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it is late. She's been staying up very late with the excuse of home. Oh, it has nothing to do with the time. I'm talking subject matter. Oh yeah, no, she's she's tough. She's been watching the shows with me for years. She's she's tough. She's a toughie. She um, she says, "What do you think would have happened?" Very good question. What do you think would have happened, Brian, had you given them a ride? And uh, beyond that, um, has this happened to people? Have well, have either of you run into anyone who did let them in? I, I think that there are some alleged accounts out there of people who supposedly did, and maybe there's some. I I've only kind of heard some vague things about potentially like bad luck or illness or you know doom and destruction following, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, personally, um, I believe 
I believe that this was a sort of a prey situation. I'm just going to just to describe it that way because that's how I felt. I felt like that I had been deliberately singled out um and there was really no one else on the parking lot with me uh, uh sort of cold away from the from the herd I guess in a way and I honestly do not believe that I would be alive um if I had let them in. I I believe that completely. I I don't think that I would be here. Um I may be um I I I just I just don't believe that I would be among the living. I now what what that might mean beyond that I don't know, but uh, um I I would be dead. I believe that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, your instinct was so extreme, and your 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 internal response was so strong that um, you know that would seem to be the only logical uh you know conclusion i mean the 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 way you felt about it really from the beginning it sounds like and in kind of ratcheting up every step of the way um i mean that certainly sounds like you know you you knew internally something and you knew that this was absolutely a situation to be avoided. So, um, Jason, have you, have you encountered people who who have uh, made the wrong move and and let them in and lived to tell the tale? And then, what do you guys both? What's your sense of of what they are? Well, yes. the The first first question is, uh, I got one story that I, I don't put a lot of credence in. I. Um, uh, a teenager uh is about 15 contacts with me i generally whenever somebody under 18 contacts me i don't you know i, I tell them i can't talk to them <laughs> unless i have their parents permission but uh she sent me an email and claimed that she let one of these kids in and all he did was sit in the kitchen and then he did he then he just disappeared um you know he, he <laughs> that's he, anticlimactic he like, isn't it Okay, yeah, that was like, thank you for telling me this story. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but as as to what they are, um, what, well, before I go to go into what they are, I had a reader suggest something to me once uh, that really, really resonated with me. And she said, what if all of these cases of normally healthy people dying of natural causes in their home 
What if they had let? What if they were the people who let the black-eyed kids in? Yeah, because you can read of thirty-four-year-old people completely right. healthy, and you know they they're dead. Just they they're next morning they're dead. And uh, and as you've said, uh, key a uh, fundamental element of the story is that the people are alone. So, right? I mean, that's we don't yeah. know what happened to these people. Well, that's you know, interesting. As, as to what they are, I I wrote uh, an article a couple of years ago uh, for Nexus Magazine about Black Eyed Kids, and and what I tried to do is to explore as many many avenues as I could. Uh, and as far as how far back these things go, which you touched upon earlier, um, I, I talked with uh, with a Catholic a Catholic exorcist, um, uh, an expert in Islam, and uh, an, an American Indian shaman about this. And these all, <laughs> people with, with, with eyes like that and behaviors like that have, Relevance, re- relevance in all these uh, all these belief systems. Um, I also looked into, uh, and they're all bad, by the way. Uh, I also looked into health reasons. Um, you know, because people are born with uh, with physical defects with the eyes, where the where there aren't irises or the pupils pupils are very large, and there are also pharma, pharma, pharmacological um, agents that can cause the pupil to just blow up really large and the thing that i found is none of these things uh medically or or genetically can make a pupil cover the entire eye it's absolutely not possible um one of the other things is people people call this a hoax and you know occasionally i think maybe some black-eyed kid reports might be a hoax but uh, it's pretty far yeah yeah, absolutely but it's fairly far-fetched i did some research on that, and the black contacts that you can buy, they're they're out there. You can buy black contacts and appear as a black-eyed person. Uh, they're about three hundred bucks a pop per eye, and you have to have a prescription. Uh, I interviewed a guy who bought some just you know for fun on Halloween, wanted to scare the hell out of some people, and uh, he, he said there's no way in hell anybody under about you know fifteen or sixteen who could wear these. Because they're uncomfortable to put in, uh, and and they pop out all the time, and that coupled coupled with the fact that you need a prescription, and they're that expensive, you know, what ten year old kid's going to be walking around with these, scaring people? Oh, I don't think many. Plus, they're relatively recent, I would imagine too. As Brian said in his story, you know, this this wasn't something that was nearly as as common or prevalent just kind of within the culture. These days, you got the demons on Supernatural. Where else do we see black? The vampires on on True Blood uh, and elsewhere. So, I mean, you see it in pop culture. And and I, I imagine even back then it's not as though it had never occurred to that point. Uh, But... It's certainly much more prevalent now, and and people are much more aware of it just because of the internet and 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 uh, cable. You know, it's not that long ago. Uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember when. You know, you only had a few channels, and everyone was watching the same stuff. You know, I 
So um, uh, it's uh, it's only relatively recent that recently uh, that uh, you had such variety, so many different shows, and, and and the kind of exposure, and then and then the social media slash internet, the ability to to talk about it, and and for all this word to spread. So uh, I, I sure that possibly could account for X percentage uh, in theory, but I, I agree it's pretty unlikely um, in the in the great majority of cases, and certainly the younger they are. And there's so many other oddities, too. I, I, I find it fascinating that this commonality with the kind of the glibness and and the kind of the adult aspect of it I mean, so are you guys saying, I mean, are they demonic? Are they, I, I've seen, here's what I've seen. Demonic, um, right. they are literally demons themselves, or they have possessed people, children, um, and and are, are living within them a la the show Supernatural, uh, something like that process. Then I've seen vampires, again, just kind of similarly to, uh, as you might see on True Blood or elsewhere. That, to me, seems much less likely, um, because I'm not convinced that there are vampires. You know, I'm sure I'm in tune with the whole vampire movement. I, I understand the theories of psychic, you know, vampirism and that kind of thing, and I mean, I, I can... I can understand that, but I mean, in terms of your classic uh, blood-sucking supernatural entity, uh, eternal or, or extraordinarily long-lived, I'm probably not convinced that they exist. So beyond that, there was a then, scientific study at one point about vampires, and if vampires uh, appeared in the Middle Ages, um, and it was a mathematical pr- progression, if every if everybody they bit turned to a vampire, we would have all, the human race would have disappeared in like 1648. I saw that too. Uh, And and I I agree. I mean, so even, even if it's, there's some, you know, variation of it that would allow for a much, much slower, uh, you know, dispersal, it, it still strikes me as very unlikely. So then you have I, I saw today I read a story just today about that they could be you know what are broadly classified as fae. There's some form of fairy that they they're in that line of succession uh, that goes all the way back. The these 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 you know entities that have always existed kind of in parallel. To mankind and have interacted, you know, periodically or do interact periodically. There's the trickster element. There, there's that. Then I guess there's what aliens and 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 then I guess there would be uh, apparitions slash ghosts slash spirits. So what are each of your thoughts? And we can go a little bit over because we started later. Uh, while the live show does go off the air at 11, it is all still recorded, and the vast majority of our audience is always listening to the recording. So we we can certainly go on another you know five ten minutes. Sure. 
Um, to me, if that's okay with you, that, that's totally fine with me. Um, to me, this is the question I get asked all the time: What, what do I think they are? Um, I, I don't believe particularly in alien-human hybrids. I, I don't believe in uh, vampires of the supernatural sort that uh, uh, folklore would give us. Um, I possibly could give some credence to demons. Uh, the thing that I'm actually most interested in, believe it or not, um, that this does sort of fit the archetype, as you mentioned, of the fairy abduction type of um, type of thing. Carl Jung, of course, um, big into the collective unconscious, of course, he coined Ooh, me too. Term. And um, he... Um, he said that the UFO abductions that people were experiencing were of the same archetype as the fairy abductions and whatnot. Um, I do believe that it was. It may have been something. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily going to call them fae per se, but um, I, I do believe that they were in some way corporeal. Um, with also a a supernatural element to them, um, it, demons and and fairy uh, kind of fit the concept in my mind, I guess, a little bit easier. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, I've tried to really not. Those are my two favorite theories, I guess. But I've really tried to not label them beyond just the fact that they were very. They were very strange, and I hope to never see them again. I mean, because unfortunately, I have no definitive answers. Um, those are my favorite theories, personally. Um, the whole mysterious part about they can't come in unless invited does seem to kind of come from vampire folklore, but uh, to right. my understanding, that sort of thing is, is kind of a later... Um, uh, vampires as uh, medieval folks and whatnot understood them are very different than the sort of uh, uh, overly suave characters that we have on, on TV. That's more of a creation of uh, Bram Stoker's portrayal of Dracula and that sort of thing. Um, so to me, I guess basically um, uh, the, there was a very primal sort of feeling to them as if they had been I felt like also at some level, and this is something I don't really get a chance to discuss much, that I, I was facing something ancient, um, uh, maybe something that was that kind of had been honing this predatory instinct for a long, long time. And um, uh, t to me, I, I don't think that they are vampires – uh, I know some a lot of people give credence to the alien theory, but uh, I, I tend to fall down more into the maybe fairies, maybe demons. Don't really care. Don't want to see them again. Kind of. <laughs> 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 kind of can. Interesting. I, I probably am leaning toward your analysis as well. What do you think, Jason? Well, I've, the 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 fae the fairy uh, explanation does make a lot of sense, and I've thought about that as well. Um, the the demonic angle uh, when it comes to vampires, uh, Brian's absolutely right. The the have to be invited into a house is a complete 
you know, it, it's a modern, it's a modern thing. It, it's a Hollywood thing. It's a popular culture thing. That's not how vampires across the world have been depicted. They can come and get you whenever the hell they want to. Um, lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As for the d- demonic part, um, that makes a little bit of sense to me when it comes to the needing permission to come in, uh, because, uh, you know, according to, to tradition, uh, a demonic entity can't uh, possess someone unless they're invited in, in some way. So if, if someone is uh, demonically possessed and is trying to get to you, uh, I would see that it might need permission to get in. Uh, to get into your house, your car, your you know wherever you are, your sleeping bag, whatever. And that kind uh, of underlies so, the the fear and and the concern about uh, the Ouija boards and whatnot that you're kind of unwittingly inviting them. That's an entirely different discussion. I mean, I I agree with your point, but I could go on uh, about Ouija boards for the next four hours. So yeah, please stop me now. Okay, yeah, I was just inserting that one. Uh, you yeah. know, we do. I do this show every week, so we, you know, we talk, we talk about a lot of this stuff. But I mean, this is really interesting to me because it's it's it typically the way the show works. I'm sure if you guys kind of look, you know, back through it, we kind of have the the pair of celebrities on. You know, it's usually connected to a TV show, and usually it's an interview. You know, kind of it's more person oriented. So then we're we're discussing various things of interest and experiences that that person has had and whatever their TV show is and and so on and so forth. So this is really fascinating and and my gosh, it's gone quickly because now even with the making up for our lost first uh, eight or nine minutes, we're already at the hour mark, which is quite astonishing to me. So, but yeah, you know, this is one of the rare times we've kind of really focused on a topic versus, um, you know, so much the person, the personality side of it. Although obviously you guys are certainly both personalities as well. So I'm I, I'm I'm amazed by it. There is I will tell my story and I'll try to do it really quickly. And mine doesn't exactly fit. Um, there's actually a really one really key difference, but. I had, I guess what I'm relating to is are some of these feelings that you had, Brian, in particular, because that is so similar. Uh, I was in college, so I'm old, so this was a long time ago, and this was in uh, uh, Springfield, Ohio, and in the 70s, and so um, my girlfriend and I did what we always did on the weekends, is Stay up super late, you know, partying, doing this, doing that. I think we'd been to a party or something. Got up really late, you know, waking up in the afternoon kind of thing. And headed off to the pizza place that was kind of the less traveled because it was on the way opposite side of town. So there wouldn't be everyone there. And I'm sure we kind of had headaches 
and and we're feeling a bit blurry and whatnot. But we, we, this was not a like really hardcore chronic hangover situation. It was just kind of typical, you know, wake up, oh god, another late night. All right, so let's go get pizza. Are we are we alive yet? Are we awake yet? So we we got in the car and and headed, and it was basically one road pretty much the whole way, kind of a main <clears throat> city street uh, all the way through town. And we were about halfway there when, out of the corner of my eye, my right eye, I'm heading, you know, I'm driving, I'm in the right lane. Um, in the corner of my right eye, I see this small squat. I had the impression kind of middle-aged, but of course, remember, I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, whatever at the time. Um, so <laughs> anyone over 30 might have looked old to me. But I had the impression, you know, not particularly young and and kind of dumpy and squattish and, and what you might call witchy-looking. Woman, out of the corner of my eye, latches on to my my vision as if drawn. And here's this compulsion Maybe even this 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 trance-like aspect to it. Although this is all so fast because I'm driving. Although I wasn't driving fast. I think we were just coming out of a a stoplight. So you know maybe I was going 15, 20 miles an hour by then. And uh, but but it felt literally like a, a tractor beam. Her eyes on mine. And so once I saw her. I, I kind of had to turn that way, and I'm turning back and forth, sort of never really breaking the gaze, or she never relinquishing the gaze, but I'm kind of still trying to look forward and see that I'm driving as well. Meanwhile, I, I notice just even more out of my peripheral vision that <laughs> my girlfriend is doing the exact same thing and is staring at her, and in this brief, brief, brief period of time, this woman, this person, thing, ran out in front of the car and was heading right for the front of the car, like a freaking kamikaze, staring at us both, latched, our eyes locked, and as she got closer, we could see she had this horrible grin, this bizarre, sick, rictus face. I, I learned that word when I was writing up the story for the first time. Uh, rictus explained. It's, look it up if you don't know that word. It's this hideous it's like, death grin on her face. And she was running right at us, right for the moving car. And I literally, kind of just at the last possible second, the gaze you know the trance, the spell was was somewhat broken, and I swerved, you know, all, like hard left, hard as I could, pretty much. I was just lucky there wasn't any cars coming the other way, uh, and and there was it wasn't a divided road, and and she still bounced off, literally bounced off the corner, that right corner, front corner, of the car, and 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 maybe even bounced another time. You know, a little bit further down the car, so she was really close to my girlfriend, the passenger side, really close. Uh, you know, maybe she hit the, the 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 rearview mirror or the side mirror, I should say. And 
we stared at each other just in horror. And of course, I had to right the car back into the other lane. And, and, and then we stared at each other. And by then, I was barely moving, you know. I mean, I think I was still just kind of drifting on. We both, immediately after looking at each other, turned back, and she was gone. Utterly gone. This was a mortifying experience. We were shaking. We were incredibly fearful. We both felt that sort of trance or hypnotic aspect, and that and, and that death wish or whatever it was that she just came bounding how could she move that fast at us and 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 i took everything i had not to just literally run her over with that and i honestly i don't really remember what what the eyes were i i don't remember but this that that smile that grin was so evil and so crazed and and then like i said she was gone and, you know, who knows? Could someone have run away in that time, have ducked behind something? I, I imagine, but it didn't seem like it was possible because it's a pretty broad road. And uh, so that's my story. And the feelings that I had are, are very, very similar. You know, I felt this just total malicious evil intent. And I don't know what she was. Uh, obviously, she had physical reality because she bounced right off the freaking car. But right. it was so odd and so evil and strange. And it's one of those things where, and I, I've, I've been reading, of course, about all this stuff. Been, been working on this brand, America's Most Haunted, for for uh, about a year. And and we've actually been working on our book, which uh, I told Brian previously. We're just we're selecting the ten most haunted uh, public or semi-public uh, locations in the U.S. and then doing a fairly detailed, you know, thirty, forty, twenty-five to forty, say, pages on each one, trying to go into more detail. Not a whole book on each one, but really kind of get beneath the surface and try to figure out what's going on here, why this place, you know, what's the source, and and so on and so forth. So. And then, of course, I do the Twitter every day, and we do this show. So, I mean, I've been immersing myself in, in the paranormal now for for some time. And, you know, you run across these kinds of things. And, but what I was going to say is it's this experience. It's this feeling that people have that – and I've seen it equated just recently. There's been all this talk about uh, near-death experiences because, what was it, that neuroscientist or something wrote that – uh, wrote the book, um, you know, saying that, that that was proof of heaven and all this kind of thing. And then, of course, all the neuroscientists are saying, you're insane! It's proof of, you know, synapses firing and misfiring and hallucinations and all this. But I really do identify with this this feeling that that experience is more real than reality. That felt so real to me, and it seems to me like, Brian, your experience felt so real to you that you can't, you can't question its fundamental reality. And while it so- the details are so, sound so odd, it, it, it's so fundamentally real to you nonetheless, and that's how I felt about that. Yeah, it's 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 really true. I mean, in, in that in that moment, 
um, there was also this sort of hyper awareness that sort of came over me. Um, and part of it, I think, is that sort of fight or flight uh, aspect to it. But um, I, I was as awake and aware at that point as I've ever been in my entire life. I know that, and I know exactly what I was seeing was real. So. Right, and and that's how I feel too. So anyway, that's that's my kind of. Uh, fundamental key paranormal experience. I had one other one in college. It's odd that people have told me it's probably a function of age where where you're much more open to these things until you're kind of firmly an adult and then you, most of us anyway, kind of just learn how to tune it out because you just don't want to be distracted from real life, you know? Like, my God, I don't need this crap going on all the time. I had one other kind of similar, not not in detail, but similar in feeling experience in college also and uh you know those are kind of my two things you know they're that long ago we're talking 30 years ago for me and so um i i've I've held these feelings within me and that in this interest and this kind of sense of private knowledge ever since but it's only recently that i've you know kind of got back into it from an intellectual standpoint and tried to you know, really kind of figure it out, and and look, I am I am a reporter, I am a writer, a lifelong you know a, a critic. Uh, I, I am scientifically inclined. I mean, I'm not particularly scientific. I'm not good at science, but I'm very interested in science, and I'm I, I identify absolutely with the scientific method and and sense of proof. But I also know that science just doesn't explain everything there's just too much that science can't well it's not that it's just too much it it it, it can't it, it's it's with ghosts that's what i've written a lot about i've written a lot about ghosts and you know we've got all these ghost hunters going around with you know emf meters and you know dowsing rods and whatever the hell they go around with with the lucky land plus you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, trying to look for ghosts. And there, you know, the the question is why don't scientists prove this? And uh, I teach at a university, and some friends of mine are in the physics department, and they're like, "We are ghost hunters. We like to do this, but you know what? We can never prove it because in order for science to prove something, it has to be repeatable. We have right, to be able exactly. to repeat it in 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 the same situation over and over and over. So a lot of this paranormal stuff, we're probably unless something huge happens. We're not going to be able to able to prove it. I mean, the biggest thing I think we'll be able to do is if, for some reason, we get our hands on a flying saucer or somebody, you know, like Harry and the Henderson, somebody runs over a Bigfoot. Right. That's about it. I I agree. I agree. I, I I'm of of all the uh, you know cryptids, uh, I do. I am inclined to think that the 
the the broad based you know Bigfoot experience certainly seems plausible. There's big problems with it though, you know, as we all know. I mean, we know what the problems are. Where's the freaking body? You know, um, wh- why are they all so fuzzy? I, I find as a comedian said, <laughs> I finally figured it out. <laughs> Bigfoot is fuzzy. <laughs> That's why, you know. So uh, there's problems, but on the other hand, there's you know there's such a huge volume of human experience with them, and the same with ghosts. I mean, ghosts do not seem illogical to me, and I do think there may come a time. Probably will come a time when science itself will will get a better, a deeper understanding of the of the various kinds of energy, and I think that someday we will, you know, at least get a a, a tangential uh, sci or, or I should say quasi scientific understanding the of 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 what this energy is and and how it persists and how it can be attached to things, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, we've learned so much just in the last, you know, I mean, my God, it seems like every week as far as, you know, quantum physics and now all this stuff with, with quantum entanglement. That, to me, seems very promising, the fact that they, because it's so counterintuitive. How can these particles on opposite ends of the freaking universe directly and almost, but not quite, instantaneously, they've you know they're they're saying there's a speed to it. I don't I I saw it was ten thousand times faster than the speed of light. Um, that they that they uh, influence each other, uh, and 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 it doesn't matter where they are. So how does that happen? Well, it doesn't happen in anything close to our current understanding of matter and, and of cause and effect. I mean, it completely messes with cause and effect. So that is scientific, and, and there are objective scientific elements of that that, that have been proved. And, and there's scientists right now, you know, doing experiments with uh, uh, entangled uh, uh, photons, uh, entangled particles, and, and they are seeing, they, it is repeatable. You know, they are able to make them, when you when you when when one's positive, the other turns negative, uh, and that kind of thing. So, uh, and it's almost instantaneous, but again, not exactly. So I do think we're going to f- learn more about energy and levels of energy and how the mind, uh, you know, the, the fact that there is emotional energy or, or mental energy and that that is tangible and physical and eventually measurable. And And I think that will somehow work its way into into what we call ghosts. Um, you know, on the physical side of it, I, I agree. I, I think uh, it's most likely that we will at some point, you know, get some sort of evidence of Bigfoot versus the other cryptids. I'm not saying we will get evidence of Bigfoot. I'm saying versus lake monsters just don't make sense to me. How, how, how can they persist in such a closed environment because but so many people it, have seen lake monsters. I mean, I, I, it could be something we're totally misidentifying. It could be anything uh, in there. I mean, the giant eel uh, eel theory, you know, makes makes a lot of sense. Um, um, well, and then and then you get to play with all kinds of stuff like the idea of quote unquote ultra terrestrials too. I mean, you know, people from not just uh, 
other stars and places, but other dimensions perhaps popping in from time to sure. time. Sure, sure, interdimensional, yeah. right? That's which we, brings you back to the day that you mentioned. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so there is at least a a kind of a quasi scientific platform that you can plug these things, kind of all these things. Really, the only ones that don't really have kind of a any sort of structure, physical, you know, platform uh, or scaffolding was actually the word I was looking for. In 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 our scientific setting, would be demons, and yet from the religious standpoint, I mean, that's you know probably the most commonly held belief of all. I'm I'm thinking, you know, in terms of all the religion, all the main religions of the world have demons. You know, they all have demons. Christianity, Judaism, Hindu, Islam, they all have demons. When I was so, doing uh, my book on uh, on shadow people, uh, I interviewed an expert on Buddhism uh, about these entities, and he said, "Yes, we have these dark entities uh, in in Buddhism, but we don't like to talk about them." So I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's not that's not uncommon either, you know. <laughs> so it, it's really interesting. Um, I, I, I had a we had a really great talk. Uh, Oh, I was just—I was going to say something else. Anyway, about the—we're uh, already up, almost up to uh, the hour and a half mark, so I imagine we'll—we we can continue this in a later show because obviously we're—we're we're all interested in these various things, and that'd be great. I've had a great time talking to you both, and I appreciate it very much. But I was going to say Ben Hansen from from Factor Fakes, who's kind of typically associated most strongly with UFOs. He he flat out said that he is leaning more and more uh, as as time goes on toward the interdimensional explanation for all these things, for everything. You know, ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot. Um, that uh, that is starting to make more sense to him now. The interdimensional or multidimensional. Um, Which is, I mean it. Uh, which I've, I, I explored with with a couple of uh, couple of different entities I've written about, but then again, all the stuff we're talking about, we're explaining something we don't know with something else we don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Some of this stuff makes sense to me, but it's still not scientifically plausible. One of the plausible things is let's get back to Bigfoot. The reason we don't have a Bigfoot body is 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 hunters going in the woods. They hunt. Maybe the fact that Bigfoot is delicious is the fact that we don't have any bodies. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if there finally, 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 finally is some sort of actual, actual, actual objective, relatively indisputable, because, I mean, I guess anything can be disputed, Physical evidence in my lifetime, say, for a Bigfoot type being, whether it be Yeti, you know, uh, or or our Bigfoot, or or one of the other ones on one of the other continents, um, that wouldn't surprise me. 
On the other hand, it wouldn't surprise me if it never happens either. But I, but, but then again, the, the, my answer to the, or, or my my flip flop because I flip flop on all this stuff. That the only thing I'm fairly sure about is you know quote unquote ghosts. I'm I'm pretty sure there's something there. It's just too common. It's just too universal. It it doesn't really violate laws. You know that that. I am I am religious uh, at least relatively. I mean I mean I have grown up with and I've been a Lutheran my whole life, let's put it that way. So, um it does not you know, there's no conflict there. If anything there's support um kind of uh, from the religious side of it. And uh you know, that doesn't mean there aren't all kinds of questions, uh, obviously, but I, I, I am fairly certain, uh, in my mind anyway, that you know there is something there regarding uh, you know ghosts, spirits, apparitions, whatever. None of the rest of it. I I, I don't think. Uh, I I just don't think there are UFOs. I think it's just. I just don't think so. I think there are no question in my mind there are aliens. Alien life out there, you know, they keep finding all now all these exoplanets everywhere. It appears to be they're just common as dirt. You know, they're everywhere. They're, there's trillions of them, literally trillions of them. So how can there not be? I mean, I will not be surprised if they find something, you know, some sort of microbes on Mars. That, that won't surprise me at all. But um, I, I just don't think we've been visited by these things. I, I just... You know, I realize there's so, so many reports, just like, I mean, that's that can be your response to anything. My God, there are so many people, you know, in the history of the world who have reported encounters with what that we would call ghosts. My God, there have been so many people who have encountered Bigfoot, and, and it's in, you know, every... Uh, you know, Native American and various other continents. Every freaking tri- continent on the planet. I know, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It is. I agree. I, I mean, Bigfoot is the one to me that's so right down the middle. I mean, I really could see both sides of it. I've seen very well written, you know, kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, but very clever, very well written, um, you know, lists of all the reasons why there sh- that person does think it's likely that there is Bigfoot. And essentially identical lists of why someone else says there's not. And they both make sense to me. You know, there's plenty of really good points uh, to both sides. Why is there no fossil record beyond the fact that why is there no kind of contemporary body? You know, why is there no fossil record? There's a fossil record of everything else. You know, why have we not found any of these things that that are linked, uh, you know, to us, to, to hominids, um, or, you know, or at least to the great apes, anyway? You know, why is there no fossil record? That's so odd to me. You know, um, how can these enormous, huge-ass things rambling around, you know, stomping around, breaking trees and bellowing, I mean, how could we not have any um, 
you know, evidence in terms of of, uh, of video or or images, you know, that that are not disputed. How do you guys feel about the uh, uh, the Patterson, the Gimlin? What what is it? I always forget what the you know the the '60s archetypal it's film. The Patterson what, what, Gimlin film. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, um, I'll, I'll just throw this out here. I mean, um, yeah, there's a huge collection of information out there that seems to suggest that a Bigfoot-like creature is a common um, thing throughout the world. Um, so to me, this implies one of two things. It's either a um, it's either an actual entity or it's an archetype that for whatever reason we collectively need. Um, you young and you. Yes, as people, but um, um, I've—I mean, I've toyed with all kinds of ideas with that one myself. That it might be um, some sort of collective and passed down memory of our encounters with uh, Neanderthal. I mean, all the way up to it's an actual Bigfoot. I mean, there's just so many possibilities. I—I'm I, willing to be open. Um, I, I've actually wondered if the satellite technology that we have that that's so useful and can pinpoint details just at an incredible depth of, of resolution. I mean, it seems like if we can have this global satellite image of the Earth, a snapshot of the Earth at any one point, uh, I mean, and you can focus in on individual people and all of these sorts of things that they're supposed to be able to do, I mean, could you in theory find a Bigfoot that way? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of a... Well, that's that, that blimp around. idea. You know, I mean, it certainly makes sense. Get a blimp out there that can, you know, be steered and, and, and um, theory will be silent and will, you know, that kind of eliminates some of the, the alibis. Um, I don't know. Why, why don't we wrap with uh, Jason? What are your Bigfoot thoughts? Uh, I would like for Bigfoot to be real. I think that would be really fun. I've been captivated captivated by Bigfoot ever since I was a little kid. Um, but, I mean, the thought of, I mean, in the Pacific Northwest or someplace where there's a lot of woods, I can understand where something could stay hidden. But Bigfoot's been reported everywhere. I know, it's nuts. It's, Right here, I mean, right in I'm in northeast Ohio. No, the Grassman, Missouri. Yeah, you got the Grassman. We got Momo, the Missouri monster. Texas, it's it's huge. Oklahoma, I've interviewed a number of people in Oklahoma who've seen Bigfoot. We um, we had a Bigfoot. We had a Bigfoot sighting just uh, twenty miles away or so from where I live in the seventies. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Well, my in-laws live in Paris, Texas, and they're they're. Bigfoot reports there all the time. Sure, sure. So, yeah, it it, it could. I mean, that, that's from if I were a betting person, which I'm not. Uh, you know, being being a writer, I don't have any money. Uh, but but being a <laughs> if I were if I were a betting person, uh, I think Bigfoot would probably be the the, the most provable in my lifetime. Uh, you know, paranormal paranormal entity or topic or, or however you want to phrase it. Uh, I I agree. It sounds like we have a lot of um, commonality here. Um, it's 
it's uh, well, it is endlessly fascinating, and we've uh, had quite a chat, and I really do appreciate it. I hope you guys had fun, and and love to have you both back on individually, collectively, separately. Go go into another topic, uh, you know, as we did, and uh, certainly, Jason. I know you've written about all kinds of other paranormal type things in your various books, so. We certainly uh, could get into that, and uh, I have uh, enjoyed it very much. And, Brian, I'm glad you survived your encounter uh, to so tell the tale. And I've very much enjoyed speaking with you, and uh, I'm, I'm just I'm amazed, you know, amazed by it. It's one of those really, we've used the word archetypal, but it really is kind of one of those fundamental experiences and I don't think it's coincidental that it that it found that it became a such a meme and and and, and had such viral uh it, it was so um wildly viral even early on um in in the internet so as we've said Brian Bethel is a reporter what's the name of your paper in Abilene uh, uh the Abilene Reporter News and I know you're there on a ongoing and regular basis, and you can be contacted there. Jason, uh, let's list your books again real quick. Paranormal Missouri, What Lurks Beyond, Darkness Walks, Shadow People Among Us, Haunted Missouri, On Being Dad, The Upcoming Through a Cornswept Land, and The Dead Earth, Zombie Novel. And you, uh, your work can be seen on From the Shadows, from dash the dash shadows dot blogspot dot com, and mysteriousuniverse dot org. Fascinating talk, real pleasure speaking with you both, and wish you excellent evenings, and uh, henceforth in your journeys. All right. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, All right. thanks very much for having me on the show. And, hey, Brian, uh, good to finally actually hear your voice. Same here. Same here. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Farewell.